It's been a rocky season so far, but does Desmond Ritter's return to the starting lineup mean brighter days are ahead for the Atlanta Falcons? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Just download the app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Guys, if you don't know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, your very humble host of this illustrious podcast. You may also know me as Sirius Black. You may also know me as Mr. Drew, Mr. Holier Than Thou, all that more. So many nicknames. And of course, you know, as your humble host, I really appreciate all of you that make this podcast your first listen, especially the everydayers. Each and every day you tune in to this show, whether the Falcons are playing or not playing, bye weeks or not. Everydayers, you're a special group of people, and I really appreciate you. And if you want to be appreciated, right, all you got to do to become an everydayer is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode, I will be joined by Alan Sterk, former co-host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, contributor over at The Falcoholic, and we're going to talk about Desmond Ritter's return to the starting lineup, talk about this upcoming matchup against the hated New Orleans Saints, as well as some of the things that the Falcons need to figure out during their bye week and hopefully some solutions to some of these problems that have led to this sort of up and down roller coaster of a season. So let's jump into that conversation with Alan Sterk right now. Welcome back everyone to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. And of course we have another illustrious guest. He is none other than Alan Sterk. All right. Former co-host of the Locked On Falcons podcast contributor over at the Falcoholic. Uh, and he's here with us to talk by week. What's you know his thoughts on the season so far, as well as sort of what this team needs to figure out to quote unquote get right after this bye week. But Alan, my friend, welcome back to Lockdown Falcons. Oh, it's always a blessing to be here. The very illustrious podcast. Got to have the illustrious guests. I know you've been having several illustrious people. You know, just to heighten that up. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great to be here for hate week. A lot going on with the Falcons, quarterback moves, uh, hip hop celebrations. I don't know if you saw that roster of just legendary artists, but man, it's all happening. Even though the team is, let's just say, it, let's keep it real, currently in shambles. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's it's a fair way to put it. Now, um, you know, part of the issues with the team is revolving the quarterback, and it was official, made official on Monday that the Falcons are. Uh, giving Desmond Ritter the reins back to this offense. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that decision? I think it had to happen. It was more of just happening by default rather than necessarily it being earned. But then again, what is really earned, given how just low the bar is with the quarterback situation? I do think he deserved to be benched because the ball security issues, I think you just can't turn the ball over, is it? 13 times in eight games and probably should have been more when you watch a tape against Green Bay and Detroit. That said, you watch the last two games, how Heineke just not processing quickly enough, putting the ball in harm's way. Just 
Heinke really has added much to the offense other than maybe handling pressure better. Besides that, you really can't and protecting the ball better, even though uh, that Vikings game, he did his best to uh, try to add to those interception numbers. But nevertheless, I think Ritter, just at this point where the team is at, they need some sort of injection of life. And, you know, there's been some signs of him, you know, making the right reads, uh, having some consistency in the passing game. I think the chemistry with Drake London, which is, I think, the best thing the Falcons are right on at this point, given all the lack of infrastructure and offense is something that they need to build on because Drake London was just not factor when Taylor Heineke was in. That's the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons why you want to get him in. So overall positive move to get Ritter back in, but he's got a lot to add. It's a lot on his plate, though, because the Saints, Jets, these are two very formidable defenses. So if he's going to help rectify the season, he's going to have to earn every bit of it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, You know, it's been a rocky start for the Falcons this year. Um, Just curious to pick your brain on their season so far through 10 games. Disheartening might be the best word just because I really – after that Tampa Bay game, I was really thinking they could win 10 games. I really thought this team could not win a playoff game but put in a respectful effort against either Dallas or Seattle, whoever it may be at the time. Because you look at the wins against Houston, Tampa Bay, and Carolina is what it is in Green Bay. I just thought these were high-quality wins for as much as the team you know, try to beat themselves with the fumbles in the red zone. Like You look at those wins, defense was tackling – Defense was disciplined. Like it was just, they just look like a real credible team where you know they're going to be on point with things. You know they're going to have their playmakers. They're going to run the ball well. Defense won't beat themselves, but it's just now it's so much self inflicted wounds every week from the short yardage issues, the red zone debacle. And then now the defense all of a sudden looking like the defense from the last five years where there's covered but coverage busts every other drive. You know, we know what it is with the pass rush. It's just, it's just very disheartening to see a team that seemed like they were building a new identity look like the same team from the past five years. And I think that's what hurts. And I know there's been injuries that you can't replace a great Jarrett, but it's just, it's fundamentals. And you thought off, you know, both these units were starting to progress and oof, it's just, it's gone worse and worse these last three games. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That's, I think the the troubling thing about the season is like, you know, you're going to go through ups and downs over the course of an NFL season. I, I, I think there's a there's always this like lie that we I think we tell ourselves every offseason like, oh, it's going to be smooth sailing to 10 wins or whatever. And, it you know, but the NFL season, as you look around the league, is, is ups, downs, you know, teams that are Super Bowl contenders will have a bad game or two. You know, just look at my beloved Buffalo Bills, uh, although they, they seem to figure it out this past Sunday. But, um, you know. It's it's one of those things where it's like you're not getting anything close to I think the best version of this team, and we haven't really seen it at up to this point this season. Like we've gotten glimpses of it, a flash here, a quarter here, a drive here, but like you just haven't seen this team put together what you would say was a complete game. I think you're you're kind of hoping to get more of that coming out of the bye, but. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll talk more about what you can expect coming out of the bye, coming up, and sort of talk about some of these issues that this team is dealing with uh, as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons here with Alan Sterk of the Falcoholic. 
So buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater new you. They got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, the best price guaranteed. Game Time is taking the guesswork out of buying tickets and giving you that complete peace of mind. You get the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. They got all-in prices, so you're not going to get slapped with hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds right up to the start of the event and game ties guarantee means that you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less they'll credit you 110 percent the difference so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we know that this time of year can be quite a bit, right? Quite a lot for a lot of folks. And it's natural to feel some sadness, some anxiety to, with dealing with all the stress that comes with this time of year. And therapy can be the bright spot for you to deal with all this stress and change, something to look forward to, something to make you feel grounded, and also give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. Therapy has taught me uh, that, you know, you can only control what you can control. And that's thanks to BetterHelp. And the thing I love about BetterHelp and the main reason why I was attracted to BetterHelp was it's a little bit more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And the second reason is it's convenient and it's designed to be suited to your schedule, right? And it's easy to get started on BetterHelp. It's real simple. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist quickly. And the beauty of BetterHelp is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on today and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. So as I mentioned here with Alan Sterk of the Falcoholic, formerly of Locked On Falcons, uh, talking about the sort of ups and downs of this team, the the roller coaster that, as uh, Dave Choate would put it, uh, has a poor safety record uh, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. But I, I'm just curious, Alan, talking about sort of this team's inability to kind of put their best foot forward. Um, what what for you are some of the biggest issues that this team needs to fix in order to rectify that situation? And I sort of uh, push it to you, sort of what were the, sort of your top three issues that you would like to see this team get fixed down the stretch after the bye week so that they can finish this season much stronger than they began the season? Well, it has to begin with the offense and, I mean, you could go deep into Arthur Smith, uh, the lack of imagination with the passing game. But I really do want to start the offensive line because when you look at the units, there's no unit has been more disappointed offensive line. Because I don't know about you, and you could definitely chime on this. I did think this offensive line had the potential to be a top five unit. Not saying they were going to be, but I really thought the pieces that were coming together. And like you look at the offensive line, other than maybe Drew Dolman, I think, and maybe Jake Matthews, I think all five of them have. Pretty much underachieved, or all four, excuse me, have underachieved. I think this Lindstrom, as much as he's played at the high level, still too many just in pass protection. There's moments where he just breaks down and he isn't like this team still struggles against you know, when teams run games and twists. And it's just him and McGarry after playing so long together, just too many breakdowns for my liking. I thought Bergeron was going to come along smoother, and it just seems like every week he has three or four just major busts where that leads to either a tackle for a loss or a sack. So I just want to see the offensive line work more in unison when it comes to pass. Because I don't think they've been bad as a run-blocking unit. I think 
when you watch the film, it's it's like the tight ends and the full like it's it's every like it's kind of like the piece around them. Like it's not mm-hmm. like people like to be critical of the offensive line when it comes to the run issues, but Kyle Pitts has been horrendous as a blocker in recent weeks. And it maybe and look, people say he should be utilized that, but he's in that role. But you watch the Carl's game, he had about four or five plays where it's just he's not handling his responsibility. And I don't think Michael Pruitt has played that well. And you know, they got to bring back the great Parker Hesse. Apparently, he's back off injured reserve. Yeah. He, he was the secret weapon last year. So I really do look at the offensive line much from a pass protection standpoint that day have to be better. Um, other flaws, we got we got gone off. We got gone Arthur Smith's case just because like, you look at just when they run empty, it seems like more times than not, either Heineke or Ritter, whoever's back there, has to scramble. Like they just can't create when it comes empty. Like got like a, like a screen flat or you know hit quick hitch or you know some or just you know rub route concept that creates some space, open space like. It just seems, and you would think Bijan Robinson would be the perfect guy, or even Kyle Pitts in a slot. But it just seems like more times than not, plays break down when they run empty. So I like to see more efficiency in empty. And then defensively, I think they have to get better, and especially goes into the Saints game, covering the middle of the field. Like you saw Trey McBride just getting chunk play after chunk play. You know, recent weeks, particularly against the Vikings, I just felt the middle of the field was just way too open. And you know, you look and it looks like Derek Carr will play. You know, time will tell, but. You know, Derek Carr loves throwing the short to intermediate middle of the field. And you know, Alvin Kamara likes feasting there. So, to me, I just think doing a better job in the middle of the field. And it's not on the linebackers necessarily because sometimes they're blitzing or they're near the line of scrimmage. I just think tackling in general, particularly from Richie Grant and even Jesse Bates to a certain extent, has to improve. So, I look at tackling, covering middle of the field, offensive line play, and just more efficiency from empty. Because it seems like Arthur Smith is really persistent when it comes to running empty. And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it just seems like more times than not, this team is out of they just they can't find any solutions coming out of empty. Like there's barely any progressive plays downfield. So that's what I'm, I would pinpoint. Yeah, I think that's all fair. I mean, you know, I thought there were too many times, especially against Arizona, when they went empty, where it was just like they, you know, going back to the offensive line conversation, like the offensive line just couldn't hold up to, you know, s- simple stunts that Arizona was throwing at them. And as you said, you know the right side of the offensive line with Lindstrom and Gary, like stunts have not been a major issue for them in, you know, throughout their time here. And, but for some reason it has become more of an issue this year. And I, I think that speaks to some of the, you know, regression that we're talking about with the offensive line, not quite living up to this. So I think all of those are um, fair issues that they need to get addressed. Um yeah. Do you want to mention the pass rush? I, I just feel like, what can the pass rush do at this point? I just, you know, it's been an issue all year long. We we kind of hoped that, like, it would get better because we weren't getting like, – because I don't think we were getting, like, the best version of Grady Jarrett at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. And it was like, oh, well, they still got room to grow because Epiketti can get better and Campbell can get better. And then Grady Jarrett gets hurt, and it's just like, okay, well, that dream is dead. <laughs> so <laughs> like, Ryan Wilson – Go talk to Brian Flores and just start blitzing. Yeah, this, this, I mean, the blitz has been really the only thing that's been keeping their pass rush semi decent to me, anyway. So it's just like, and then you gotta you gotta go hard on it. But like, part of the reason why they they I don't think they've gone leaned as heavily on the blitz is because they don't trust their coverage as much. Because I don't think they trust their safeties and linebackers to to hold up in man coverage to the degree that you normally would if you wanted to go heavy on the blitz and then you couple that with like, they're trying to like 
run blitzes at his own, you know, the Raheem Morris special of like cover three, you know, simulated pressures and whatnot. And then even then that's not really working because the secondary, I think, has kind of taken a step back the last couple of weeks and they're blowing some of those coverages. So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's just like guys just got to start playing better. And then I think that opens up more opportunities for them to do some of the things that they want to do. Agreed. Yeah. And I do wonder if, because we saw a slight reduction in snaps, does Richie Grant, do we see even less of Richie Grant? Because I just think Richie Grant has become a liability across the board this year. Like it's hard to find many positives of us play. He might flash here and there. He actually had a really nice pass, pass break against Tennessee, but like in space, I think he could be decent, but you put him in man coverage and it's just a problem. Like he just cannot last. So I do wonder, well, what adjustments they can make there. Because you look at personnel-wise, like I don't know if they could really bench anyone else or play someone more. Like they just they kind of got what they got at this point. Like, I do think the offer would be uh if he could play this week would be a great return because he's had to me besides Nate Lamb, he's probably been the biggest surprise defensively. And you know, Clark Phillips just did not look ready to play against Arizona. So and if he has to cover in the slot against Rashid Shahid, oof, that could get ugly. So hopefully the offer is back in. It's, it's going to run the secondary. I think the secondary could get back to where they were the first seven games of the year. You know, this defense has some hope to be at least average. One one tweak they could do um, that I know someone in the Lockdown Falcons Discord reminded me of because it was like something I talked about like two weeks ago and then I completely forgot about it is, uh you know, maybe Trey Flowers could be that answer to the cover tight ends and basically do the thing that he did in Cincinnati. You, you think that could be an option for them? especially in their dime defense to, you know, I mean, you'd still be relying on Richie Grant to maybe be that deep safety, which we know has been iffy at best, but does that feel like a, a, a better solution to some of these issues that you can just put Trey Flowers on, on tight ends in man coverage? First off, I love that idea just because I haven't thought of Trey Flowers in about <laughs> seven weeks. It's like, look, uh, Jeff Okuda got healthy and then Trey Flowers didn't see him again, but that was his specialty in a really good Cincinnati defense. Like, Great Lou Arumo knows his personnel and where to utilize him. So I think that would be a solid move. Why not get that usage out of him? Just because you see teams are targeting them now. And it's not just because Trey McBride, Hawkinson, and are you know in the upper echelon of tight ends. Maybe not McBride, but look, he has the potential. But I think you know where to attack the Falcons at this point. And it, adjustments just have to be made, especially since Nielsen likes to play more man coverage than compared to previous coordinators, whether it be Raheem Morris or Dean Pease, this team is starting to show real cracks. And it's unfortunate because I really thought the first seven weeks they were really building towards that. I saw it got my den. And I don't think it was an exaggeration either. Like, Falcons were top five in third down defense and red zone defense. Like that, Those are credible numbers. And they want to get – everyone's going to talk about the schedule. Okay, fine. But, look, we're, we're trying to build towards something here. So <laughs> – uh, the fact that they set the bar that high and then now it's just, just back to where they are been for the last five years. It's just it, it's disappointing. And hopefully they could find at least a role for some of these role players just because they're not getting enough from whether it's the interior tackles outside on Yamada and definitely not getting enough from Richie Grant. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. So uh, we'll leave that conversation aside and uh, turn our attention to the next matchup, uh, which is, of course, the hated New Orleans Saints. And so, you know, I haven't really spent any time thinking about this matchup uh, over the weekend because I was I was just 
taking a break from the Falcons. I'm like, oh, this is a free weekend. I don't have to think about the Falcons. As everyone should. Yeah. Uh, mental mental health weekend uh, away from the Atlanta Falcons. But uh, I'm curious, you know, Alan, maybe you can uh, sort of uh, tee us up for some things to think about as the week unfolds, as we start getting uh, paying more attention to this Saints matchup. So we'll get into that, guys, to wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. Score early this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And of course, as I say each and every time, guys, the FanDuel doesn't know that the Atlanta Falcons is your team. So you can you can sign up at FanDuel and say, hey, my team is the Buffalo Bills. My team is the Kansas City Chiefs. My team is the Philadelphia Eagles, whatever you want, right? And there's no better time to get in on the action than joining FanDuel today, whether you want to bet that money line, which is a straight up bet, or you want to bet the spreads, right? And then if you feel so compelled to be truthful and tell FanDuel, oh, my team is the Atlanta Falcons. If you want to bet on the Falcons this weekend against the Saints, they're still one and a half point favorites at home against the Saints. Play the spread, player props, over-unders. FanDuel has you covered for it all, football, basketball, all the sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So wrapping up today's Locked On Falcons here with Alan Sterk, I do want to plug the Locked On uh, Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel here on YouTube. Locked On is an innovator. It's an icon uh, when it comes to uh, dropping this 24-7 YouTube streaming channel where you can get all the biggest stories from the local experts across all the top shows, national shows from across multiple sports and leagues. All you got to do is find Locked On Sports today on YouTube as your 24-7 streaming channel. And also check out the Locked On Sports Atlanta 24-7 streaming channel where you might see this handsome face coming at you guys to give you Falcon Six. As long, alongside Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks, Daniel Clint of Locked On Bulldogs, Jarvis Tanitra of Locked On Sports Atlanta, uh, Jake from Locked On Braves, all that more on Locked On Sports Atlanta's 24-7 YouTube streaming channel. So, Alan, talking about this upcoming matchup against the Saints. It's hate week. You know, everything feels a little bit more urgent against the New Orleans Saints. Win, lose. First place on the line. Yeah. You know, your season, is it is it fair to say, like, they lose this game you know, it's just like, well, the season's over. They're not going to figure it out. Or, you know, is, is, is this game of that importance or, or are we not there yet? If the Jets didn't announce they were starting Tim Boyle against the Dolphins, I would have said maybe the season's over, but, you know, it's Tim Boyle coming up. And then well, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle almost beat the Falcons a couple of years ago. So I don't know. What was this? When he was playing for the Lions in 21. Wow, that was him. Yeah. Oh, man. Boyle Lucan. Goal line interception. Wow, that was this from losing a game to Tim Boyle. You, you know, usually I'm I'm the one with the great memory, so Aaron's pick up the slack here. Much respect. But uh given that I don't know how many I feel like they don't have many home games left, and it's just division's really all they got because they're two and no right in the division. You know, besides that, they don't have many other wins. So in a way it is like that because you just it's hard to see given how much this team has strolled on the road and how at times Ritter has looked intimidated and overwhelmed, it's hard to see his team winning in New Orleans because that's still a very hostile environment. So, yeah, I would still say this is a must win, even though I am playing up the Tim Boyle angle. But, uh, man, it's just 
I'm curious to see. You know, we saw Bijan Robinson get that expanded role. Are they going to continue putting him in that role? How many targets does Drake Lunds get? We also have, I we have to see how the Saints are looking because coming out of that Minnesota game, they had some pretty severe injuries, most notably with Lattimore. So it's it's just a lot of questions there. There's a lot of uncertainty. But it's just you hope they're because the Falcons have notoriously started slow all season. You really hope they come out the gate strong because if not, you just see the Saints you know, dialing up the pressure. And I think the last thing you want to see is against what I think is a very good Saints secondary. You don't want to see better throwing the ball 35, 40 times. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and to answer my own question, I, I feel like the season's always been destined. It's going to come down to who wins that week 18 game against the Saints. It's going to decide who wins this division. So I don't think this week the season is on the line, but the Falcons definitely put themselves in a much more favorable situation uh, for that potential week 18 matchup where it's a win and you're in with a win this week uh, that they basically still control their destiny down the stretch, as opposed to not necessarily having that situation should they lose on Sunday. But, um, you know, you talk about the Saints matchup, sort of what do you feel like is going to be like the biggest challenge for this team against this Saints team? has to be through the air because Debo's playing on a high level. I still think, even though he's aging, Honey Badger Matthew, he's always going to be around the ball and he's always going to be patrolling the middle of the field. Demar Davis, Pete Warner, still one of the best linebacker tandems. Like it's just, I find it very hard in structure seeing teams that are on the Saints team. I know Josh Jobs has success, but I feel like a lot of that came down to you know, schematically with Kevin O'Connell doing a fantastic job and just. Josh Dobbs just operating out of structure and just making those plays where outside the pocket, he just off balance. And it was pretty miraculous. Other than that, though, like the, to me, the Saints secondary has played terrific this year. And I think it's the really what's fueling them right now because the offense has been very unsteady. And I don't think they have quite the horses up front, which you kind of expect given how much they lost in free agency. So how a very disjointed, fragmented Falcons pass game, how they managed to just somehow muster up a rhythm against the Saints secondary. I'm very fascinated by like, this is this, to me. This game is really going to test Arthur Smith because we know the rumblings has been like with Arthur Smith, and of course they're going to run the ball. But how they manage it, you know, orchestrate through the air is going to be something to really monitor because outside of Drake London, we have not seen much consistency elsewhere. And you know, John Smith for like a three week stretch. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll see what's what this week. Uh, Alan, appreciate you coming on, sharing your thoughts on. The team leading up to the bye, the team coming out of the bye, and as well as, you know, giving the people some insight into this upcoming Saints matchup. Because as I said, like I have not spent any amount of brain cells thinking about it uh, until this conversation. And I do want to mention, you, you know, every year the Saints defense has like someone that emerges. Carl Granderson's a problem. He, he is somebody that has really emerged this season. He's always shown flashes, but now an ex- expander role, like down to down, he's making a difference. And I would even, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I think he's outplayed Cameron Jordan. Of course he has, because Cameron Jordan's washed. So I've been saying that for two years. So uh, I will let Ross Jackson know uh, Cameron Jordan is still washed. Um, is McGarry still- Island alert on? <laughs> oh, Cameron man. I, I wish I could push my Caleb McGarry agenda this year, but it's it's been rough. It's been rough. So I'm, I'm off the island. I'm off the well, island. What's more rough? The Caleb McGarry Island getting bombarded or the fact that Chase Young is good? Mm, it's 
Chase Young good though? Oh, he, he, oh, he's good. It's is is it Bosa though? It's always been Bosa. Okay, that's how I know you have not even watched the Commanders, which is understandable because <laughs> he was actually doing. He was tearing up. He, he was he was well. He was productive until he played the Falcons as a pass rusher, and then Jake shut him down. Jake Matthews. I, I know I've been critical of the offense line, but Jake Matthews. He's had games where he's been very reliable, but then. Similar to Berger, uh, similar to Matthews and oh, geez, similar to McGarry and Lindstrom. I feel like him and Bergeron have had great chemistry when it comes yeah. to handling games yeah. along. So I don't know. Dwayne Ledford got a lot of praise last year, but this year, uh, and then TJ Yates at wide receiver. Your your boy. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> All right. What are we gonna do with these positional coaches, Aaron? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, Alan, let the people know what you're working on, what you're up to, how they can get at you, uh, if they, you know, disagree or, or agree with some of your takes on the Falcons. Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. Um, Falco Hawk, busy as usual. We got roundtables. We got film breakdowns. We have uh, panic mode articles. We have lots of Desmond Ritter takes. A lot of people wondering what's going to happen with Kyle Pitts. We, you know, we have not talked about Kyle Pitts once on the podcast, so I think – that shows we're, we're we're setting our own bar. You know, we're getting away from the trends. The fact that we didn't have a four minute discussion about cockpits, but Falcon, you get the great coverage as usual, and um, not hundred percent confirmed yet, but very likely I will be covering Falcons Jets. So if you want to see me back on my beat reporter beat, I'll be at MetLife most likely. Okay, well, let me know. Um... Okay, I was going to make a bad Zach Wilson joke, but I'll just let it go. Um... Kyle Pitts take. I, I feel like Pitts has looked better the last couple of weeks, more explosive. It looks a little healthier. Is that would you agree? Disagree? I feel like he's looked healthy since that Texans game. Okay. Yeah. It's just usage, and I don't know why he's being utilized as an inline tight end so much now compared to his first two seasons. Okay. We'll leave it there. I, I, you know, it's the end of the episode. So uh, yeah, well, that maybe that'll be something I'll explore later on on the podcast look for conversation with charles mcdonald on tomorrow's episode um here on locked on falcon so continue to make us your first listen that's going to do it for us guys appreciate it till then